So we come to this part of our last part of our sermon series on, on the gospel-shaped life. And we're going to talk about life on mission today. So what does it mean to have a life? What, what, what is the implication of a life that has been shaped by the gospel, a gospel-centered life? So we've been saved by grace. If you are in Christ, now what is the thing that we're going to look at this morning? I personally enjoy watching movies, especially superhero movies. I'm not sure if any one of you like me like watching Marvel or DC type kind of superheroes type movies. Um, and I think there are a lot of them are like me because they seem to be making a lot of them lately. And every year you have one or two at least really, you know, like full on superhero movies, even the non not so much superhero movies are actually superhero movie in a sense. Um, but I'm talking about those uh, kind of really big superhero movies. And so they're, they're making a lot of them. Every year you'll see one or two. Um, so I, I, I think some of you are like me. And, uh, and a lot of people out there as well like me, like superhero movies. Mike, I want to let us think a little bit. Why, why some people, like a lot of people, like superhero movies? I think I could think of a several reasons. One of the reasons is, well, because they have special power or special abilities. Imagine superhero movies without special abilities, right? That would be pretty boring. And then another thing that I think make it interesting is these special powered or special uh, superhero with special abilities have special mission as well, right? So imagine superheroes movie without a mission in the movie. They're just going around with their special abilities, showing off their abilities for no reason for no apparent reason. That would be pretty boring. And uh, another reason I think we like superhero movies, deep down, we want to be like them. We want to be like the hero in the movie that we watch. Now imagine uh, watching a superhero movie without special ability, with no mission, right? I don't think that's, that's kind of be very interesting at all isn't it? Watching Superman movie or uh, Aquaman without abilities and they just going around like ordinary people doing nothing. I don't want to watch a movie like that. I'm not sure about you. Um, especially for two hours long for $15 plus popcorns and coke, that's like 30 bucks. And if like me, family of five, that's $100 or more. So that, that gets really expensive. So I wouldn't go and watch if, if it's not really good or if it's not like, you know, it's awesome, right? Um, but the thing is, I want to wanna say like deep down in, in, in us, we want to be like that. When we aspire to be great in a certain sense, in, a, in, in the way that we, we you know, we, we like to be, whichever way that is, right? So... Let me say this, everyone is living and pursuing for something. That is why mission is very important. And that's what I'm going to talk about, the idea of life on mission. Just like superheroes have mission in their life, we, each and every one of us, whether you're Christian or non-Christian, you have mission in your life. And you're pursuing that mission in your life, whether you're realizing it or not. So mission in life, pursuing mission and purpose in your life has nothing to do with Christianity. 
because non-Christians have them as well. Okay? So if you don't know what you are here for, why you're on earth for, what, what you're living for, then probably it's time as we look through the scripture this morning to reflect on why am I doing what I'm doing? Okay? So my question, first question is, are you fully aware of, of your mission in life? I'm not talking about religion, like, oh, just because I'm a Christian, then I'm doing this. Your life, as why you are breathing right now. And when you die, you can say, I've accomplished my mission, my purpose of life. So everybody is on a mission, right? If you're a student, your mission could be short-term, like this year, I'm going to get straight A's. If you're in year 12, you think like this year, I'm going to be so good that I'm going to get into the uni to the degree that I want to go for. Or if you are uh, single, you say, you could be like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find, this year is the year that I'm going to find the job that I've always dreamed of having. Or I'm going to find and met the, my dream spouse that I've been praying for. That could be your mission if you're single. If you're married, your mission could be, well, I'm going to, I'm going to have a child this year if you haven't got a family. If you have a family with children, you say, well, this year is the year that I'm going to pay off my mortgage and raise my children well if you're a family. Well, if you're a doctor in your profession, you have mission as well. If you're a doctor, you say, well, my mission is then I want to, I want to be so good at it, like I'm going to treat my patients well and they get better and, and that kind of stuff. If you're a surgeon, you have your own mission. If you're a lawyer, you might have your own mission. If in your workplace, you have your own mission. What you want to do, your purpose at that time and that place. And then, hopefully then, as you reach the end of your life, you can say to, your life, to yourself, I have lived my life well, if you accomplish your mission. So if you ask that question, then suddenly you realize Maybe getting a straight A's will not get me there. Maybe just getting a straight A's in school won't let me be satisfied to say I've lived my life well because I get straight A's during my high schooling, during my uni time, or, or even performance at your workplace. You know, on your deathbed, would you be saying, I've lived my life well because I always work hard. I stay till midnight at work, you know. i always the last to leave the office. My boss loved me. Or you say, well, I, I paid off three properties during my life on earth. I live my life well. I don't think any one of us, whether you are Christian or not Christian, would say something like that. Because for anyone to, to be able to say that you have lived your life well has a greater implication than all those things that I just mentioned being good in school, being really good at work, being a really good husband or wife or, or employee, or being really rich on earth, having lots of money and properties. As Christian, I believe that God has shown us in the Bible perhaps the greatest mission for humanity there is. Just like the superheroes in the movie, uh, the greater the mission, the more exciting the movie, isn't it? I think what God has for us and set out in the Bible for us is, is the greatest mission that we could possibly have. And then if we do this, hopefully then on our deathbed, we could say to ourselves, I have lived my life well. So 
Today, I'm going to start by sharing a little bit about our values as a church. Uh, uh, we're going to talk more about this next week as we do public launch, as we have visitors to share our vision and our, our values as a church. Our values as a church um, are threefold. The first one is treasuring Christ. That's me personally, like individually, you individually, treasuring Christ. We are disciples of Christ, how we can treasure Christ. So treasuring Christ. And the second one is loving the church, that us as a community, one another aspect. And the third one that I'm going to talk about today is serving the community. So treasuring Christ, loving the church, and serving the community. What does serving the community mean in the ch- life of the church? Okay. So let us look at the third value, uh, serving the community. In other words, in, in a biblical sense, mission. So in a biblical word, is mission. And one of the missions that we have as a church is, is that. Is to, we, we don't just grow ourselves, go, fatten ourselves, so to speak, spiritually for our own sake. We feed ourselves spiritually so that we can go out there and be light. And Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16, we become light and so that people see our good works in order that they may glorify God. There's a goal in that. We become light, we, 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 we treasure Christ, we get fed on the spiritual food in church and in our, our daily devotion so that we become light, not to ourselves, but to the world, so that people see our good works. And when say our good works, who get glor- glorified? Christ, our God. And that's the goal. All right, And that's what we're going to look at this morning. So the past couple of Sundays, we, we already look at what does it mean to, to have a gospel identity, a gospel-shaped life? And today, I'm going to look at the implication of that. So if we have been shaped by the gospel, we have a gospel identity in our life, how we ought to live our life. What, what am I here for? What am I on earth for? What am I living for? That's what we're going to address. How, how, how we can live out that identity of ours. So the passage that we just read on John 17 uh, Jesus is basically telling us his mission. Why he came, why God the Father sent him, and what he did. And as he about to leave, he prayed this to the disciples. Not to the non-believers. The prayer that Jesus has is for believers, for, for you and I in Christ. He said, this is my prayer for them, Father. Okay, so that, that's the context of John 17. There's so much in it. I'm going to concentrate just on, on a few things here. Um, 17, John 17, verse 18, actually. He says this, As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. That's mission. You may not see that this is mission uh, because in English translation, it says sent. The word sent, which is the Greek word apostello, is actually the word missio in Latin. So in Latin word, like our, our, our English word mission is come from Latin word missio, which is the word send, to send. This very word. So when Jesus say, as you sent me into the world, as you mission me into the world, I have missioned them to the world. That's what Jesus said. Father, as you mission me into the world, I have missioned them, my disciples, into the world. So God has sent Jesus, the Son, as a missionary into the world. And what happened is, Jesus then say, I'm sending you, my disciples, 
into the world as a missionary. Now, the interesting thing about missionary is you do not have to go anywhere to be a missionary. Despite popular beliefs of what it says in the, in the, in the great commandment, go and make disciples of all nations, right? People focus on the word go. So, oh, I have to go somewhere. That's why there's a movement, you know, back in the days, even some, some churches today, the idea of mission, like church, a missional church is church that send missionary overseas or somewhere. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, go and make disciples. The word go is not the main verb. The main verb is make disciples. The go is basically, if you want to translate it properly, from Greek to English, it say, make disciples of all nations as you go about doing your work, as you go. So basically, as you go to school, as you go to bus, as you live your life, as, as you cook, as you serve your family, make disciples. So as you go, as you leave, make disciples. That's what the verse is. So God sent Jesus into the world as missionary, and as a result, Jesus sent us into the world as missionary. That's why our third value as a church is serving the community. Because otherwise, then it is just, we, have, we just sing here, we just get fed by, by the word Jesus came for us to, to celebrate like this, but then we don't do anything. Jesus said, then as you do, as you live your life, be a missionary to those who do not know me. So if you're a Christian and Jesus is your Lord and King, you ought, we, we ought to live our life with this very purpose, mission-focused life. So the question is, are, are we living a mission-focused life? Where if we achieve and done well, we could say in our deathbed, I have lived my life well. I'm going to look at the characteristic of mission, this very mission that Jesus gave us. By, by trying to answer three questions. What, what is the goal for mission? What is the fuel for mission? And what is the qualification for mission? So what is the goal? What is the fuel? What fuel us? And what qualify us? What is the qualification for mission? So the goal for mission, uh, we can see it in Hebrew 12, verse 2, and also in John 17, we're going to look at later. But Hebrews 12, verse 2, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of faith, who for what? For the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So what's the goal for Jesus? It's joy. Like when, when God the Father sent Jesus into the world as a mission, Jesus said, I set that as my joy. So what delight Jesus is to die for us. Can you imagine that? To be sent into the world. He knows for us, we, we still have question mark. What does it mean for me to be sent into the world, to be a missionary for Christ? We probably still have question mark right now. But for Jesus, it was clear when the Father sent him, it was clear for him that he is to die on the cross, the most horrible death there is, in order to save us, to cleanse us. And he said that is joy. The mission that God the Father has sent Jesus was a joy to him. So when Jesus died for you and I, it wasn't like, 
he was like, oh man, I have to do this. He said, I'm, I'm delighted to do this. I'm delighted to do this. And John 17, 13 say this. But now I'm coming to you, Jesus said to the Father, and these things I speak in the world that they, you and I, may have joy fulfilled in themselves. So Jesus said, as I have the joy serving the Father, serving in the mission, he said, my prayer is that you may have joy as well as you go about living out the mission for God. Do you see that? Do you see what was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying this. Jesus' mission into the world is his joy. And then he say, now I'm giving this mission to you. Send us as missionary into the world so that we also may be filled with this joy. My joy, Jesus says. So are you lacking in joy in life? Perhaps you need a mission in your life. Perhaps we haven't lived our life with purpose. Because, without, because a life without mission or purpose is one that is joyless. There are miserable Christians out there. A lot of them. A lot of miserable, joyless Christians out there. And Jesus said, if we have a mission that God, that Jesus has given us in our life, we will have joy. We'll be filled with joy. Not a little bit of joy, but filled up with joy. So the goal for mission is joy for us and for the world. That's why during Christmas we sing joy to the world. As Jesus came into someone's life, we are filling up not only with God, but the joy that God brings in as well. And then we ask ourselves, I'm a Christian, I believe in Jesus, why I'm so joyless. Perhaps we need mission in our life. Perhaps we haven't lived up to the mission that God has sent us for. The goal for mission is joy. Second one is the fuel for mission. So, who, 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 Jesus, who sent Jesus as a missionary? It's God the Father, right? And he lived his life as a sacrifice for the sake of us, a sinful world, sinful being. Now, we see that we have been sent by Jesus to continue on his mission. To con That's why um, the, there's, a, there's a Christian organization, a church planting organization that is... Um, that is called X29. There's no X29, if you realize that. There's X28. So the idea is, as a church, we're continuing on. So the apostles' work finished at X. See, in Matthew, you know, they say, Jesus, go make disciples at the end. And then come X, the X of the disciples. Now Jesus has been risen. The disciples carry on the mission of Christ. And then that finished at X29. The disciples done their job. Now the church doing on their job. We are on the chapter called X29 chapter that we're living out the mission. So what fuel us, you see, is, um, is Christ alone that can fuel us. Because what motivates Jesus to, to be delightful, to have joy, is you and I. That motivates him. Like, why would he be jo joyful to come to die on the cross because he redeems you and I. So that's his fuel, so to speak.
But for us, what is our fuel for the mission? Jesus. Do you see that? If we are Jesus' fuel for his mission, then he has to be our fuel for our mission for him. So it's not for our own glory. That's why Matthew 5.16 says, Be light, so that your good works may be seen by those out there, by those who do not know Christ. Why? So that they may give glory to God. So why, why we, we don't do this? Why, why, why don't we do this? Well, perhaps because we are so busy with our own lives that we forget that we are called for a purpose. Non-Christian, those who do not know Christ, are not called to become Christian and die and go to heaven. In fact, there are Christians, including me, that really try to avoid the category of heaven, like we, you know, we live our life so that we go to heaven because we're going to be on earth. There will be new earth, the, the Bible called New Jerusalem. This is home for us. They'll be renewed, of course, with renewed body, renewed earth. So a lot of Christians, including me, likes to call it in glory rather than heaven. So you can see, because we, we're so busy with it, we don't focus on lives in glory with Christ. We just focus on this temporary time that we have. We forget that we are on mission here. So you can be a Christian, I can be a Christian, but, you know, but my job can still reign in my heart and my job can become still my God instead of Jesus. My family, I'm a Christian, but my family is still reigning in my heart and my, my family, my children, still becoming the God in my heart, in my life. Some of us, it could be our career that is reigning in our lives. Your children, parents, your children, like I'm, as a parent, children is so easy to become our God. All life centered around them. Or some of us, possibly Christian, who, whose comfort, self-comfort, becoming something that we hold on to so tightly and it reigns in our heart and become our God. We keep seeking comfort in our life. You see, the fuel of our mission is the one who sent us. So we need Jesus. We need Jesus to reign in our heart, not our job, not our children, not our family, not our career, not our school. Not nothing else should reign in our heart but Christ alone. And only then we can have this joy of serving Him and living a life with purpose. So as we, as we get rid of our own comfort for the sake of others, as we lift out a mission only then we will have comfort and joy. You see what happened here? This is, this is the, the amazing thing about Christianity and what the Bible teaches us. How do you have more? The world say, well, have more. Well, then gather more. Earn more. Save more. But the Bible says the only way for you to have more is to give more. How do you have more comfort and joy in your life? Give them out. How do you have more love? Give them out. And that's a life of mission. 
is to share what we have received in Christ and to give them out freely. So as we look upon Jesus, how he lived his life, and only then we have the strength to live like the way he has called us to live. Number three, the qualification for mission. So you may be saying, well, okay, that's all good, but I'm no superhero. I cannot live like that. I, you know, I cannot live my life for the sake of others. It's hard. You know, you, some people maybe, but I can't. I'm, I'm not superhero. I'm no hero at all. Well, I think you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm, I'm like you. I, I, I probably agree with you in that statement. Well, I'm no hero. I'm no superhero. I cannot live like that for the sake of others. But I have to say, we cannot live like that if we want to try to do it by our own strength. Maybe we can do it for a while. You know, as Christians, I think if you, if you become Christian, our tendency to try to live Christian way. So we try to serve others and love others, cook for others, be hospitable to others, invite people to our home and all the stuff, right? We can do that for a month or two. Some of us last for years until we get to a point like, what's the point? I'm the one who always invite and cook for people. No one invite and cook for me. We'll get to a point where we get so frustrated, we say, that's it. No more. I'm not going to do this anymore. This is because we try to do it by our own strength. Jesus is not our fuel anymore. We just do it out of duty. We think like, well, I'm Christian. Christ died for me. He said, I got to love my neighbor. I'm going to do that. And then we do that from our own seer determination. We may do that. Some, some of us may do that for years. And even till the day we die, but grumbling without joy as you cook, it's like, <gasps> as, as you serve others, like, oh man, instead of, man, I actually joy, have joy doing this. Like Jesus, I'm actually full of joy doing this. That's how it should be. As we serve others and as sacrifice our life for others, there should be joy. It's actually delightful. Looking forward to it. When can I do this again? Not like, man, again? See, people out there may see the same thing. Oh, you know, you, you actually come every week and serve and, and feed the poor. You actually, you know, clean up, you know, whatever that you do that you contribute to the community. People may see the same thing, but God sees our heart, whether there's sheer joy in our heart serving Him, or it's a sheer duty that we think we do this because, well, as a Christian, as a good Christian, I have to do it. John seventeen fourteen to 17. I have given them your word, Jesus said, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. You are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Jesus is saying this. We have to live out our mission on earth. Yes, we are not of the world. We don't belong here, this current present world. 
but we are in the world carrying out God's mission. So our mission is here, right now, where God has placed you, at your workplace, your job that you probably hate right now. That's your mission that God has put you as a body of Christ in this place. That's God's mission that God has placed for us in this area. And your family that God has given you, your extended family, your circle of influence, that's your mission that God has called you to. You don't go out there and look for something new and like, I have to go somewhere to do it. God said, that's where you are as you go do about your life. That's the mission that I've called you to be. You may not like your job. You may not like your family. But God says, that's the one that I've given you at this point of time. But he also says about sanctification here, that's very important. And that's our qualification, to be honest. Our qualification for mission is the sanctification that God is working in us. And one way that Jesus suggests here, sanctification happen, is very crucial for us. He says, what? Sanctify them in the truth. What is the truth? Well, we can, we can try to, um, to, to discuss and debate and, and you know, uh, speculate. But Jesus know our mind. He, he said, like, you know, I'm going to make it plain to them. And he said, your word, Lord, your word, Father, is truth. So in other words, Jesus is saying this, sanctify them in the word. What word? The word of God. So Jesus says, sanctify them in the word of God. So for us, what qualifies us for mission is our ongoing sanctification. That should give us, should lift pressure off our shoulders. That sentence there, sanctify them in the, ter- in the truth, in the word of God. Why did I say that? Because we are not sanctified. We are not holy. We are not, we're not perfect. Jesus says that. My disciples, Father, they are not perfect. Therefore, sanctify them. It, there's a process. As a Christian, we, you know, I get mad sometimes. My tone of voice gets raised a lot of times. But that's okay. As long as I learn from it. That's why, as, as long as I'm progressing, being sanctified, getting better, to be more Christ-like every day. So that should lift the burden off our shoulders that just because I'm a Christian, I don't have to be perfect. It's okay. It's okay. But also, there's a twofold here. Not that we, first is it's okay to be not perfect, but secondly, there's implication that we ought to be better, to be more like Christ every day, as well. There's a progression. We don't stay still. <clears throat> See, people people say this: Jesus loves you just the way you are. Not really, because you are sinful being. Jesus, as God, hates sin. So how can Jesus love us? Not just the way we are. Jesus loved the prospect of who will become in glory. Do you see that? Jesus sees the big picture. 
Jesus see the big picture. Jesus love me because of the prospect of me in glory. So when we love someone that is so unlovable, that is so, man, you just want to slap this person or you just want to get away from this person as far as you can. The only way you can love that person is if you see the prospect of that person in glory. If you see how God has created that sinful and ugly and just rude person, that that person is created in the image of God. Do you see that? How can I love the unlovable? Only if I can see how God sees that person. Because that's how Jesus loved us. He doesn't love a sinful Ferdy, but he loves Ferdy in glory. He knows that I'm going to be in glory with him, and he died for me for that, and he died for you for that. So sanctification is a progression that we must live our life. Uh, So how can we live out the gospel? Well, through sanctification in the truth. How can we live out the mission that God has called us? Sanctification in the truth, in the word of God. That's why it's, it's really, really challenging and difficult and almost impossible to be a Christian who do not feed on the word of God. So if you want to grow, if you want to be sanctified, if you want to progress to be more like Christ every day, Jesus said, be sanctified through the word, in the word. There's no more fruitful spiritual discipline than reading the word of God and meditating on the word of God. There's others, but there's none as fruitful as this. Reading and meditating on the word of God. What does the Bible mean? The Word of God. God, the Creator, the, the one who created you and I and the whole universe speaking. And that's the Word of God. If people say, oh, I want to hear from God. Well, read the Word. That's His Word. As you read the Word and meditate on it, God is speaking to us. And that's how we get sanctified. So my questions for us then is, are you sanctified? Are you holy? The question, the answer is, no, by our own terms. By own terms, of course not. But 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says this, for, your, for our sake, Paul says, he made him to be seen who knew no sin, talking about Jesus, so that in Christ, in him, we might become the righteousness of God. So are you holy? Are you sanctified? No. Are you righteous? No. But in Christ, the apostle Paul says, we become righteous, we become holy, we become sanctified. So if Jesus is the reason we live a life on a mission, then our sanctification is our qualification for, for mission. You know, the, I, I have used this interchangeably. A sanctified life is a holy life. So we must not stop there, though. We must not stop there. Let me close with this, that... Uh, we need to continue in this walk with Christ. That's why we need a community. We need one another to rebuke, to encourage, to pray for, to live our life as a, as a believers, a community of believers together. We need one another. Encourage one another. Otherwise, we'll fall away. Otherwise, we'll stuck. See, as a single man, you wouldn't know uh, to be matured 
you, you will be matured up to a certain point and you will stop as a single man, especially because I'm a single man, I know that. And when I got married, then I thought like, I, I, I'm so grown up, I'm so mature. Until I got married, I realized I'm actually very childish. How do I know that? Well, because I'm living with another person, namely my wife, that then reveals that to me, the process of sanctification. As we live with one another, we being sanctified through an encouragement, through the rebuke of one another. This is healthy. When, when you rub against one another, it's actually healthy. If we have the same mind, the same love, that is the love for Christ and the same spirit in us. So let me close by asking this final question. Are your life boring or joyless? It could well be because you don't have a mission in your life. If you have a mission, perhaps if you're still joyless and boring, like have a boring life, perhaps your mission is too small. You say, yeah, I have a mission, but maybe your mission is too small because your mission is about, well, I'm just going to buy that house, my dream home. I'm going to buy that. That's my mission. Well, no wonder you are joyless. Or you say, I'm going to find someone and marry. Well, as soon as you get married, you realize, man, that doesn't bring much joy at all. So if you have a mission, maybe you need to enlarge your mission. As Christians, we'll be called to a great mission. That is to make disciples, to transform people, to change people, to bring people who do not know Christ into the fold, into the kingdom of God. That's a great work. That's a great big mission. So joy comes when you're living out the gospel every day on mission. So when you have a mission that big, that is much bigger than yourself, much bigger than what you can do, because think about your colleague at work. Think about your non-believing friend. There's no way you could think, oh, one day this person, as I share the word, he's going to come and believe in Christ. No way. All of us would think, no way. That person, he'll be the last to come if he become to Jesus at all. But that's what we are called to do to do the impossible because only God can change people's heart. And our part is obedience. So as Jesus lived his life as a sacrifice to the world, he also has sent us into the world as a living sacrifice. So a sacrifice means it's not easy. If it's still easy as, as you serve one another, as you serve the community and love the community, if it's still easy, then it's not a sacrifice. Even God himself, Jesus himself, as he has to prepare himself to die on the cross, it wasn't easy for him. He prayed to the Father, God, if, you, if it's possible, please take this away from me. If it's at all possible, please take this away from me. It is not easy. What must I do with my life? What must I do with my life then? Well, join in the mission of God. That's my encouragement to us. As a body of Christ, as a family of Christ in this place, Let's join in the mission of God. Live out the gospel. Live for others. Serve the community. Show what God has given us. The love that He has given us. Our call is to make disciples. You see, as, as our job is not to just alleviate pain. So as we give to the poor with our finances, the end goal is to not 
only that that person has food to eat. It's much bigger than that. Our goal and aim as we serve the community, as we serve one another, so that that person may know Christ Jesus. That's the end goal. That's why Matthew 5, 16 says, Be light, do good, so that people may see your good works and glorify God. So as we serve, if you don't bring Christ in that conversation, then it's all useless because when you give, when you serve, if you don't do what the Bible wants us to do let, so that God be glorified, then who's going to get glorification? You. If I give the poor my car and I say, well, I'll just pity you and I'm going to give you my car. End of story. Who's going to get glorified? Me. So that's not our end goal. All good works, that's not the end goal. Our end goal is so that they may know Christ. And that's our mission as we serve the community. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads.